We are now going to get into our series from murderer to missionary. So prepare your hearts, get your notebooks and pens ready, and let's get ready to hear a word from God this morning. Church, glad we get to be together today. Uh, put your hands together. And let me know you're alive. All right. Uh, for those of you new to Restoration Church, we gather um, during our time of preaching as three church locations um, during our time together. So, um, hello to uh, to Plymouth and to Milton. Everybody joining us there today, and anybody online. Uh, my name is Nate Gagne. I'm the lead pastor of Restoration Church, and we are in the second week of our series on the life of Paul. Paul was a follower of Jesus, but he wasn't always so. And you saw that in some of the bumper. He was, his life was so transformed by Jesus that he was once a murderer, but then he became a missionary. And if you're not familiar with what that is, that is someone who dedicates their life to bring the good news of Jesus to other cultures, cultures other than the one that they, that they are from. And Paul did that. We'll be looking at his missionary journeys uh, closer to the end of the month. But today we're talking about his conversion. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Acts chapter 22. If you don't own a Bible, we wanna give you one for free. And if you go to the Welcome Center in our lobbies and just ask, we'll, we'll give you a copy of the Bible because we want you to read it for yourself. It is, it is not just a book, all right? First off, it's 66 different books put under one cover, but it is the Word of God. And those books, the, the words in those books are alive and active and powerful, and, and they do something in us when we read them. So we want you to have your own copy. This morning, if you, uh, if you want also, you can try to join on your Bible app or just Google Acts chapter 22, and you can follow along with me there. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. But while you're turning there, I want to say thank you for you as a church, and so it's going to be a little bit of a story, but it's ending with a thank you. Last Sunday, I wasn't here because Michelle and I and our boys, we were, we were driving to Florida, so we tuned in to church online, and I think we must have been somewhere in South Carolina about the time the church service was on because we were headed to General Council, which is a national meeting for the group of churches were a part of the Assemblies of God. And so we were driving to that 
And, um, and so first off, it's, they do that every two years. It's absolutely amazing. We bring all of our staff there. There's something like 30,000 people there between the pastors and National Youth Convention that was going on. It's just, it just reminds you like, man, we are a part of uh, an amazing move of God. So we were there and we went to the services all week and the business meetings and just had a lot of fun kind of hanging out as a, as a staff through it all. On Friday, Michelle and I went with uh, Pastor Jeremy and Haley and their kids and our kids came as well. And we went to Epcot Center because um, we were in or- Orlando for the conference. So just a little bit of background. One of the things I swore I would never do is go to Disney in the summertime. Uh, but we but we did it anyway, so um, so it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But imagine this: you go, you have four kids, you go to a park all day. It's 92 degrees out. You're sweating. You're dehydrated. And then when you get in the car finally at 10:30 at night, after walking 10 miles, and that's not an exaggeration, walking 10 miles that day during the park, you then get in your car at 10.30 at night and drive 27 straight hours to New Hampshire and get home this morning at 1.30 in the morning. So imagine that with me. Uh, we got home from Florida today. And so got, went to bed at two and woke up this morning. So here's the thank you. All right, here's the thank you. Our kids obviously are, are part of this 27 hour long car ride. And, um, and so our plan was last night, like we're gonna put them to bed and it'll just let them sleep, we'll leave them at home, they'll tune in to church online. And uh, that didn't happen because all four of them woke themselves up, because we told them this was the plan and they didn't like it. They woke themselves <laughs> up, took showers, got dressed, uh, got in the car, and got themselves here to church this morning because they didn't wanna miss it. And here's the thank you. Thank you for being a church that reflects Jesus. And how, like, what, how are you making that correlation? Well, we see in scripture that Jesus was someone that kids wanted to be around. And though the disciples tried to push him away and then you can read about that, they wanted to be with him and he wanted to be with them. And so what happens is if we're a church that, that, is, that is like Jesus, reflecting his character and his nature and his love and his compassion. Kids want to be there, and, uh, and my kids wanted to be here. So apologize in advance to all the kids' workers. Give them grace. They didn't sleep. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, just thank you for that. And then certainly when we're at those events and there's a lot of statistics being shared about uh, churches around the nation, you hear a lot of stories. Michelle and I had the opportunity to be a part of the prayer team at that event, so you have people coming up and getting prayer. Again, it just makes us value you so much, and we thank God that he's allowed us to be, the, um, to be pastors here at Restoration Church. 18 years I've been on the pastoral staff here, and uh, in a couple weeks it'll be 10 years as lead pastor, so it's been, what a fun little, what a fun half of my life. So. Uh, anyway, Acts 22, we're going to read this, uh, uh, just about this entire account of Paul's conversion. Conversion is that moment where you were not a follower of Jesus and then you become a follower of Jesus. It's not picking a religion, 
It's experiencing and knowing Jesus. And we're gonna read this about him because I know there, there's gonna be many who have never heard this and have never read this. So Acts 22, starting at verse number three. And this is a true account, all right? Uh, so Paul wrote about it himself. This right here is being written by a man named Luke as he's, um, as he's kind of kind of gathered the evidence and, and is writing his own kind of biography of this event. So verse number three, then Paul said, and he's here sharing his testimony with others, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Sicilia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. He was a famous rabbi. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. So you know he's speaking to a religious crowd. He said, I persecuted the followers of the way, that's what they called Christianity before they knew what to call it. I persecuted followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. So he's just saying, hey, you don't have to go very far. A lot of people know who I was, who, and they know what I did, they can tell you I'm not making this up. Go ask. He said, I've received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring followers of the way, to bring followers of Jesus from Damascus to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. This was my assignment, this was my job. And he goes on. As I was on the road traveling to Damascus, it was about noon, and a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. It's gotta be very, very bright to bright to, to like outshine the noonday sun. I just want you, this is peak desert sun, and the bright light is it's not like you turn on a flashlight or a lantern in the middle of the day, it makes no difference. I mean, this is a bright light to outshine the sun. Then so I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. He said, the people with me, they saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice that was speaking to me. I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything you are to do. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man deeply devoted to the law and well-regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. In that very moment, I could see him. Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one, a name for Jesus, and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Amazing testimony. 
It's recorded in the book of Acts three different places, in Acts chapter nine, uh, here in chapter 22, and then in verse number 26. One is just Luke writing. This is a, a recounting of Paul talking about it to Jewish leaders, and then later, um, it's another recounting as Paul is sharing his testimony with another crowd. I want to look at his conversion and talk about three of the things that marked his conversion, that marked the change of his life as he went from murderer to now, as we just read, to a believer and a follower of Jesus. As a pre- you know, don't even fast forward to the other weeks of our series. That is pretty amazing. My assignment. My passion is to imprison and kill followers of Jesus on the way to that assignment. He says, change of plans. I'm going to be a passionate follower of Jesus. It's a pretty amazing thing that happened to him in his life. So three things about this this conversion moment that uh, is going to, you know, might potentially seem obvious, but we don't want to miss it. The first was, obviously, that this was supernatural. Everything that happened, the bright light, to the blindness, to the word that was spoken to Ananias to go find uh, Saul and to share the gospel with him, to the prayer that Ananias did with Paul receiving his sight and then making a decision to follow Jesus. Everything about that entire moment was miraculous. And, and, you know, we just think about Jesus, who at this point in, in scriptures, he's returned to heaven, but yet here he is appearing again, speaking directly to Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? It was supernatural. It was nothing that could have been fabricated, memorized, argued. Jesus appeared to him. Second thing about this, um, about this, about his conversion is that it was transformational. And so he didn't just adopt a set of beliefs. He's like, well, I've studied under, um, under Gamaliel. I've, you know, he's, he's this big shot rabbi. I'm one of his students. He's chosen me to follow him. Um, but Jesus, he's a little bit more popular now. I think I'll, I'll switch over to his group and learn from him now. It wasn't just him, you, you know, switching titles, changing maybe a couple behaviors, changing a couple beliefs, Everything from the inside of him to the outside was transformed in that moment where he decided to follow Jesus. Because I think at this point, he was, uh, a part of this in the story is that, you know, it was a few days, he's blind, which we read in the other accounts, and he doesn't know what's happening yet. He, he, he's not, you know, is, am I going to be blind forever? Is God going to punish me? Is God going to show back, uh, show back up later and finish me off? You, you know, there's probably, there's a little bit of fear here. A, lo- a lot of wonder, man, three days lost in your thoughts. Like, I was killing Christians. Jesus is real. <laughs> he just showed off in a, how powerful he is 
I don't wanna be me right now. I don't want to be me right now. Verse number four, again, we read, he says, I persecuted the followers of the way. I persecuted those who followed Jesus. I hounded some to death. I arrested both men and women, throwing them in prison. He went from bringing bad news to bringing good news. Bad news is, all of a sudden, the, the group of Christians that are meeting privately, meeting secretly, Paul shows up with soldiers, and, and he's happy about it, but hey, you're all under arrest. And they chain them, they drag them off, pulling them away from their worship, pulling them away from their family, and bringing many to their death. To now bringing the good news. Hey, your captives, your prisoners, but Jesus set us free. His behaviors and his actions were completely different. The third thing that happened in his conversion was that he, his life was now missional. His conversion was, was supernatural, it was transformational, and lastly here, it was missional. Like He now was living, he had a purpose of ending the way and ending the followers of the way, but now, as he's heard in verse number 15, as Ananias speak, spoken to him, you are to be his witness. You're to be a witness of Jesus to others, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. And he was given this assignment to bring Jesus to the Gentiles, which that is every non-Jew in the world. This is your assignment. Everybody who's not Jewish, bring them Jesus. And he did that. He spent the rest of his life traveling the known world, sharing Jesus with anybody who would listen, sharing Jesus and helping anybody who wanted to follow him to begin to follow him. Spending every moment of his life doing as much good for the kingdom of God as he could. I wanna kind of highlight here Ananias and if we were to read in Acts chapter nine, Ananias is living in Damascus. He's a follower of Jesus. He's very respected by the, by the Jewish people um, uh, for, because he was Jewish. He was a Jewish person who put his trust and was following Jesus. And as he's in prayer, as he's walking with God, he, he um, hears God speak to him and said, you need to go to Saul, you need to pray for him, you need to lead him to me. And Ananias begins to have this conversation with God and saying, are you certain that you want me to do that? I'm familiar with Saul, we're all familiar with Saul, that's the guy we want to avoid and we don't wanna be found out by. Are you sure you're telling me to go lead him to you? Because if I knock on the wrong door, or if I'm mistaken and you meant Saul of Sicily, not Saul of Tarsus, and I make that mistake and I, and I, and I go to the wrong guy, I mean, I'm gonna be killed here. So you're sure that's the Saul you want me to go to, God? And then God was 
obviously, like, yes, that's the guy. I've prepared his heart to follow me. We need to highlight here the courage of Ananias, who was a follower of Jesus, whose conversion caused him to be missional, to bring the good news of Jesus to a lost world, to bring the good news of Jesus to someone who'd murdered his friends, someone who could arrest him and end his own life. Just gotta place yourself in that moment for a little bit. God tells you, and maybe he has before, I want, you to, I want you to tell your, your coworker about what I did in your life this week. And I'm like, God, my coworker? They're gonna make fun of me. They're gonna make, me, make my life miserable. They're gonna, if they know that I follow you, they're gonna affect all, they're gonna, they're probably, they're, they're probably gonna get me fired. Are you sure you want me to tell them? How about that other lady? She wears a cross necklace. I think she'd be a lot more open to me telling her about what you've done in my life. God speaks, I want you to go, I want you to go pray for that person. God, you, we, this is America. We don't just walk up to strangers and pray for them. I, I, I could get punched. Even worse, I could get put on YouTube. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and, and now here's Ananias. Imagine... God's saying to you, hey, I want you to go, I want you to go, and the person that is known for killing Christians, I want you to go tell him about me. Hey, you kill Christians? I follow Jesus, I'd like to tell you about him. <laughs> but because Ananias, because, he, because, because his conversion was supernatural and transformational and missional, he he did what God told him to do. You know what? He probably accepted the fact that his life was probably gonna end. All right, God, I will. Whatever you need me to do, whoever you need me to tell, however you want me to live, I'm yours. I you know, I think it's a prayer for us as individuals to be to have the courage and the walk with God like Ananias did. To be obedient. No matter how, how expensive we calculate the cost to be. God, I'll do what you tell me to do. Which kind of leads us into, into talking about ourselves here. The things that were true about Saul's conversion if we, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Saul later became known as Paul, who was, uh, who was an apostle and a missionary and an author of scripture. The thing, same three, three things that have happened in his life, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, they've happened in yours as well. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, it's, the, it's an invitation right now to experience that. First, when you decided, whenever that was, whether that was moments ago in this service, whether that was weeks ago, years ago, when you decided, Jesus, I believe in you. I give my life to you. I choose to follow you. 
It was not just kind of a one-off decision. It was not even a decision really that you made on your own. That was a supernatural heaven and hell changing uh, death to life miracle when you've made, when you prayed that prayer, when you've made that decision. It was supernatural. And we think, sometimes what happens is because we try to just operate in the natural. Oh, my, God's changed my friend's life, I'll go to church too. And we just start going to church, we start doing things in the natural, but, but the natural doesn't change things. Just acting like other people, just attending church like other people, that is not what following Jesus is knowing Jesus is. It is a supernatural experience when, when you make the decision in your, in, your, in your heart and for your life. Jesus, I trust in you. I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I will follow you. And when you pray that, there might not be a blinding light, there may not be a voice from heaven, but you have, you have experienced salvation as dramatically as Saul did. Because your sins, whatever they were, were forgiven. Your future, whatever it was supposed to be, is now heaven. And your title, whatever it once was, zealot, murderer, um, whatever it was now is changed follower of Jesus. That is a supernatural moment that happened in your life. The one thing that I always want to remind our church when we're in moments like this is that when the five-year-old in our kids' wings says, is asked who wants to follow Jesus, and the five-year-old says, I wanna follow Jesus, that we don't, um, that we don't make light of that or dismiss that, where we recognize that moment is supernatural. It is just as powerful as the experience that Paul had. It is just as supernatural as the experience as Paul had. It is just as miraculous as the experience that Paul had. Anytime anybody is moved from death to life, spiritual death to new life in Christ, it is miraculous and we celebrate it. Romans 1.6 says, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural power at work within you when you say, Jesus, forgive me, be my God. The second thing is that it's transformational and this is where we can get hung up a little bit because we can think, I go to church, I go to church, I can live however I want. Or we think because we have a cross necklace and a really big Bible that that is proof of our salvation. That is proof of our walk with Jesus. And Paul, Saul, lived and acted different after he followed Jesus. And when, if we've truly given our life over to Jesus, we live and act differently than we used to and we live and act differently than the world. Why? Not because 
we're trying to fit in or trying to learn the church game, it's because we've been transformed from the inside of our heart. We've been transformed from our heart and our soul and our spirit man. It has been transformed. And so we act different. And many of you can give testimony to this. James chapter two, verse number 17 says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And he's not, uh, so the, the one thing that, that he's speaking to here is if you've truly made a decision to follow Jesus, then what happens is the actions of your life change as well. If you say, yeah, I follow Jesus, but you're mean and nasty and still killing Christians, you haven't really decided to follow Jesus. If you say you follow Jesus and you, you, you're still swearing at your wife and hitting your kids and stealing from your boss and burning down your neighbor's homes, you, ha you're not, you haven't changed. If you say you follow Jesus, but you're still gossiping, criticizing, unforgiving, you haven't really follow Jesus. When you say, Jesus, I'm following you, you are, there's an instant transformation that happens. There's also uh, a big church word here. There's also an ongoing sanctification that happens, which means the longer you follow Jesus, the more like Jesus you become. I started following Jesus at five years old. I, I mean, I've got a long way to go, but I look more like Jesus in my daily life now than I did when I was 17 years old. And I was following Jesus when I was 17 years old, but through the years of following him and having him convict me and correct me and rebuke me and love me and encourage me and bless me, I've become more like him. I forgive a lot faster than I used to. I, I, I love a greater variety of people than I used to. My, my language and my jokes have changed in that time, not because I've just gotten old, not because I've, I've learned how to fit in, but because Jesus has done a transformational work in my life. And the third thing here is missional. When, you're, when you receive salvation and Jesus has changed your life, your life becomes about bringing that good news to other people. It is not something that's an add-on. It is just absolutely a part of the entire thing. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors, every single one of us. We've made a decision to follow Jesus. We've received salvation by faith, through Jesus, then what happens is every single one of us, we now automatically, our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price and we are now ambassadors of Jesus. Our entire life now, after we've received salvation, is bringing that good news to other people. Every single one of us, whether we're introverted or extroverted, whether we're educated or uneducated, whether we had Christian parents or we're the first Christian in a thousand years in our family history, it becomes about sharing that good news with other people. Your salvation is not just for your benefit, but it's for the benefit of others. God saved Paul 
God saved Saul because he loved Saul. He loved him. Even when he was murdering his followers, he loved him. He didn't love, he didn't love Saul more after he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. It's like, you're doing a good work. I think, I think I love you a bit more now. You deserve it. No, he loved him as much as he was a murderer as he did when he was a missionary. But the moment Paul said, all right, I lay my life down before you. I, I receive your forgiveness and salvation. You are my God, I follow you. The moment he made that decision, what was the next thing? From Ananias, all right, be baptized. Now you gotta tell other people about him. This is your life, this is your mission, this is your calling. This is your life, this is your mission, this is your calling. Your salvation is not for, for your benefit to make your life better. It's for the benefit of others, that you share his good news and that others would meet him and know him and be changed by him as you have been. I was thinking about this this, this week, maybe on my drive yesterday, um, you know, one of the things that we do during the week is we're, we're looking at statistics in some of our meetings about our group of churches and, and what things that God has been doing. And I was thinking about in scripture that when the church first started and on that day of Pentecost, when the church grew from 120 people to 3,000 people uh, in a, in a, just in a moment, in a morning, what happened is you read those early days of the church and the church gathered together daily. The church worshiped together daily. It was part of who they were. They were Jewish people who were, who were you know, those 3,120 people were, were all Jewish people and they went to the synagogue every day. They went to the temple as part of their routine as what they did every day. And when they begin to follow Christ, that was just what they did. We follow Jesus every day. We gather together every day. We worship together every day. So it was just very easily they understood that this is our mission. But as history's gone, as uh, you know, 2,000 years have passed since that moment, things have begun to shift. And just in my lifetime, it's kind of moved from being this everyday worshiping together to, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, a three time a week thing. You'd go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and it was part of your rhythm. It wasn't an everyday thing, but it was a lot of the time thing. And then it became, and, and uh, we began to see that this missional life became a one service a week thing. And so, you know, where people don't serve and, they, and the only time they think about church and the only time they think about Jesus is when they're at church and that's that, you know, that you get dressed up on Sunday morning, you go to service, when service is over, you don't think about it again till the next week. And all of a sudden that now begins to show up and be part of the rhythm to now our current culture and with everything after, uh, after the quarantine and COVID-19, it'll be interesting when the new statistics begin to come out, but the average follower of Jesus is only attending church now one time a month. We went from being a 365-day church to being a 12-day church. From every day gathering together, being part of the mission of God, praying together, sharing, sharing faith with others to being, it, being now about 12 days of an entire year, begin to realize 
wait a minute, maybe we've adapted, adopted a religion we haven't laid down our life before Jesus. Because if we've received salvation, then, then our life is missional. Our life is about that good news, sharing that good news to other people. I've been saying this for 10 years now. Our primary earthly responsibility is to bring others to know Jesus. Everything about our life is about just one more. Everything about our life is about sharing the good news of Jesus with another person. Just one more, give me an opportunity, God, one more person before I go that I can lead them to you. Everything is about that. Everything is about that. And you begin to recognize, wait a minute, my life's not about that. It's about my job, my paycheck, my retirement, my hobbies, my recreation, my pleasures, my, my fun. It's not about the good news. Then maybe it's just being reminded, like he does sometimes, hey, you've gone a little off course, come back to me. Let's get back to doing what we're called to do. Or maybe you realize, wait a minute, I... I adopted a religion, I didn't give my life to Jesus. And you begin to say, I, 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 need, I need a supernatural transformation in my heart. I don't need religious exercise, I need Jesus. This morning I wanna invite you to do one of three things, to receive his salvation. You've never, you've never, said, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you're God's son. I ask you to forgive me. I'm gonna I'm, you know, invite you to do that, to receive his salvation. Maybe you're looking at your life. Yes, I've, I've, I, I was forgiven by him. I was changed by him. But I kind of begin to see that I'm not, I haven't really been changed in a while that this ongoing work you talk about of, of transformation and, and sanctification becoming more like Jesus, I, I've kind of stunted my growth a little bit. I hit a plateau, or maybe you even realize, as we sometimes do, that I've gone backwards a little bit. I'm saying things that I haven't said in 10 years. I'm watching things I haven't watched before. I'm allowing things in my life that I once thought were wrong. You recognize that and you say, Jesus, I need to receive your change. I want you to change my heart. The last thing is to receive his assignment, his assignment for your life. And you know, there's gotta be more to life than paying taxes and paying bills. Yeah, there is. And I don't know what that is for you. I know it's connected to just one more. It's connected to sharing the good news of Jesus. That is the assignment that we all get. And he does it in a bunch of different ways. But you've got to say, all right, what is my assignment, God? Is it serving in the kids' wing? Is it serving a coffee spot? Is it training to be a pastor? Is it dedicating my business to you and and to kingdom builders? Is it, um, 
is it teaching? Is it being a missionary like Paul and traveling and setting my family up in another culture and helping trying to, to, to reach them with the good news of Jesus? To receive that assignment for your life. It's not just to live and die. It's not just to receive salvation and say, wow, God, you're real. You're so good. Thanks. And to move on with your life. To receive that assignment. If you close your eyes, location pastors are going to pay attention at our other locations. But here in this room, I'm going to pay attention. And then if you're online uh, joining us, you can... You can private message the, the host in, in, the, in the chat room or, um, or you can like raise your hand in the chat room if, you're, if you want so we can connect with you and help. But I just want to know who you are. It's different groups of us. And so I'm not going to make you come forward or anything. I just want to know who's responding. So I want you to know you're responding too. To say, I'm receiving salvation and I'll, and I'll have you raise your hand in a moment. I'm re- I need to receive his change. I need him to change my heart. Make me more like him or I need to receive his assignment. So we'll just, we'll work through all three of those. I wanna see who they are and location pastors are paying attention. Everybody else get their eyes closed. Just so we know who you are and we wanna be able to, to help you if you want help. But, really just to get you to acknowledge, all right, yes, I'm acknowledging what I'm feeling with my heart. I'm going to put a little bit of movement into this because, uh, because I, I know I need to respond and I'll help you with some next steps after this. But who is it? Anybody, anybody in our services this morning? You raise your hand and say, I just need to receive salvation. Yeah, that's amazing. I need to receive salvation. I need his forgiveness. I need his, his change in my life. And that gesture of raising your hand, you now just begin to, with your own mouth, begin to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me. Change me. Be my God. And internally, there's a supernatural work going on. Now there's no blinding lights. There's no voice from heaven coming, but it is just as miraculous what's going on in your heart right now. And I'm so excited for you. Now I wanna know who in here says, you know what, Pastor Nate, um, I need to change. Something in my life is gonna, be, it's gonna change. I need to become more like Jesus. Or, or I'm becoming less like Jesus even. You just raise your hand, it's Pastor Nate, that's me. I need to receive, I need to receive his change. Thank you, thank you. It's an amazing thing to put ourselves before God and say, God, change me. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. I'm not freestyling, that's an old church song. <laughs> Receive his change. And they said, part of it is just a daily obedience. He's gonna speak and he's gonna say, you're gonna all of a sudden feel a conviction. Don't do that anymore. You, you just, oh, okay. And you just daily letting him guide you and direct you. He does that work through his Holy Spirit at work within you. It's not about, again, about religious exercise, but allowing him, listening to him, allowing him to lead you.
And then you're in here and you say, I don't have an assignment. I, I want to receive his assignment for my life. You just raise your hand up. Let me know who you are. Yes. So many hands. Here's the one thing we know. It's about sharing his good news. I want you to lay your entire life before him. Some of it, some, some of you, he's going to begin to talk to you. And it's going to be about, by the end of this series, I think you're going to know I'm, I'm called to be a missionary. I need to get ready and prepared for that. Some of you, it's like I've been running from his call for a long time. I, I know he wants me to, to train to be, to be a pastor. Some of you, it's going to be, all right, he just wants me to do everything I'm doing now, but to do it focused on him. So you're the person, you know, and so it's just being an encourager at work. It's listening for those people he wants you to pray with. It's beginning to, to, uh, to give to kingdom builders and, and just recognize what that assignment is. Some of you, it's serving in the kids wing and being a leader there or at our student ministries and being a leader there. It's just hearing and understanding what is that assignment for you. That assignment is always about the gospel. It's always about the good news of Jesus. So if it's not about the good news of Jesus, that's not the assignment, all right? But that can show up a whole bunch of different ways, bringing that good news of Jesus, a whole bunch of different ways. All right, listen, this is great. We've had people give their life to Jesus this morning. A supernatural transformational mission, that's a big deal. We've had people kind of confess sin today. I mean, that's where you're, Jesus changed me. You're confessing sin. I, 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 there, there's things in my life that don't represent Jesus. I'm not becoming like Jesus. I'm, I'm not acting like Jesus. And you're saying, I want to look like you, Jesus. I want to act like you, Jesus. I repent. I ask for forgiveness. That's a big deal. That's an amazing thing. And then we've had people accept the call of God in their life this morning to say, God, whatever you want me to do, you want me to move from being a murderer to a missionary? I'll do it. You want me to, from moving to be, you, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> from mom to, 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 uh, to preacher, I'll do it. Um, let me pray, let me just pray for all of you right now. Jesus, we thank you for the amazing morning. The service that we're having, having the testimony of Saul and the change you did in his life and the testimonies in, in, in each of these rooms and online of you, you are a wonder-working wonder God. The gospel is the power of God that changed and transformed lives and we thank you for that power of salvation. I just ask you, Jesus, uh, to keep doing that work in us. Every day, we want to be more like you. And every day, we want an opportunity to share others with you, to share you with others. And I just pray, God, even today as we're leaving here, some go to restaurants, as some connect with family, as some are just kind of online talking with people on Messenger or texting people. Even today, give us an opportunity to share you. If someone says, Hey, what's going on? What'd you do today? May we use it as an opportunity to testify. A good God who loves us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross in our place. We love you and we praise your name, God. We pray this all.
In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, why don't you stand to your feet and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a next step. If you're here this morning and you made a decision to follow Jesus, there's a couple of ways that you can respond. There's those connection cards on your seat. There's a pen there. Michelle, will you hand me one of those? On the connection card, what's your name, email? I made Jesus my savior there. Check that little box. And you can put that in the offering boxes on the back wall or bring it to the Welcome Center. If you don't have a Bible, definitely bring that with you to the Welcome Center so we can give you a Bible at the same time. You can come talk with me right after service and, and help you. But, but that, that's your next step this morning. You can do that on the app as well or through the website. But to say, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm in. Jesus, I'm following you and letting us know that and be a part of that with you is an amazing thing. So I invite you to do that today and then, um, and then you've got to think through if there's anything I can do to help you as you're responding to what God is doing in your life this morning. I'm available. Pastor Jeremy will be back uh, at the end of the week. Uh, he took a little bit more slower driving approach than I did to come back from Florida. Um, but he'll be back here this end of this week. So can connect and, and get him to help as well. That's the next step for you. Don't give up praying until you know. Paul was three days blind in that house trying to figure out what to do next. When God sent Ananias to come speak to him, gave him his assignment, and then Paul started the preparation period, which is next week. And um, so... Listen, I'm going to dismiss you guys. Uh, looking forward to connecting you with the lobby. Band's going to sing as we leave. If you need prayer for anything, don't feel like you're going to rush out. We've got some time between services, so pray in your seat. Let God work in your heart. Guys, I love you. Have a great day.